Joining us for breaking news coming out of the Bor district in Serbia is David Cole of EMX Royalty, the royalty generator. Mr. Cole, welcome back to the show. Maurice, always my pleasure. Great to have you back as EMX Royalty has just announced an updated royalty agreement with Zhejiang Mining on the long-awaited royalty on the behemoth Timok gold mine in Serbia. Mr. Cole, it's been a long, and I mean long, 17 months. Please share the details of the new royalty agreement. Well, behemoth is the right word, Maurice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote you on that one. I uh, have been using the term generational asset, but maybe maybe I should use the word behemoth that is better, but uh, it's certainly a large endowment of copper and gold within that property. And, and if you go back in history to uh, EMX's first involvement in Serbia, uh, it was one of our very first business units. We came into Serbia and advised them after the Balkan Wars with respect to their mining law and their concession legislation and became the first company in over 40 years to be granted a mineral exploration license for metals. Um, we advanced that business in part and parcel to our business model. After acquiring a number of licenses, we sold that for a combination of cash shares and royalties to Reservoir. And Reservoir went off and, and uh, formed a joint venture with Freeport. They found a huge deposit, and as luck would have it, um, that deposit was literally a couple hundred meters off of our royalty boundary. But we were following what was going on very carefully. We understood the geology, and there was an opportunity to buy a royalty that was over the portion uh, that was newly being discovered at, at what is called the Timok deposit, not to be confused with the fact that the entire district is called the Timok Magmatic Complex. And the discovery is on the Chukuru Peki license. And so we we uh, did what EMX does, that is we organically grew royalties in the district. We also bought royalties to augment that and this huge discovery so far is on the royalty that we purchased for 200,000 Canadian dollars, long time before it was known to be a world-class discovery. In fact, it's the largest copper gold deposit ever put into production in the history of Europe. And uh, so that's, that's a fantastic thing. But this royalty that we purchased had the right to be diluted under certain circumstances. And it was not the most ideally written document. Uh, and it was subject to a dispute between Xinjiang and ourselves with respect to whether it had been diluted or not. And I'm delighted to say that we have ended that dispute um, and Xinjiang has been honorable uh, and good to work with uh, in this regard. And we have settled on 0.3625% royalty, which is halfway between the lowest that could have been interpreted to 0.225 and the highest that it could have been interpreted to be a 0.5. I think that's an amicable result. We have received or will receive, and then probably today or tomorrow, all of the back royalties that are owed to us, which are approximately 6.68 million USD. The last six months, have been accrued at 1.89 million so that's an annualized pay rate of 3.76 million more or less and that uh, uh or 3.78 excuse me that is a is a great pay rate this is whilst they're mining in the upper small high grade zone and uh, they have announced just recently in the last week or so that they're going to invest a further three and a half to 3.8 billion usd to advanced production within the district, including the lower zone, which is the huge deposit that in round numbers, approximately 2 billion tons at approximately 1% copper equivalent, um, as per the Nevson report, which is the last 43101 report done on the deposit, subsequent to that Xinjiang's done extensive drilling within the district. 
they're delighted. They continue to tell the Serbian government that and have made press releases um, exuding on, uh, their delight with respect to the development of the project. It was brought into production quite quickly in the world of, of the mining industry, as you're familiar, which sometimes can have very long timelines. So we're, so we're delighted. This is a, a hallmark event for EMX. It represents a, a, a fantastic generational copper asset in the portfolio. Combine that with our Casseroni's asset, asset, and there's two big long-term copper deposits uh, w within our portfolio. And anybody that is studying the global supply-demand um, uh, macroeconomic environment looking forward understands you want to be long copper, right? And, and we're just delighted to be long these, these significant copper assets. And, of course, there's nothing wrong with the gold byproduct. So that's what we have today. Um, you know, my uh, apologies go out to shareholders for how long it took, but I told the lawyers from the very beginning, it's more important to get this perfectly correct than it is to get it done quickly, and as we knew that we would get paid all of our back royalties. Uh, so we're delighted to have this one done. And I will say again that uh, Xinjing's been, been good to work with. Well, patience certainly is a virtue. When you look at the initial uh, investment here, $200,000, and now we're looking at receiving over $6 million, and that's going to continue to grow. You know, often in press releases, we always see the, the following is pleased to announce. <laughs> and I'm glad you're here to actually share. Do you, do you believe that this was a reasonable agreement? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I could see it from their shoes. And, and if I would have been Xinjiang, I would have argued more vociferously, in fact. Uh, and, and they were able to see it from our shoes, and that's how we were able to come to an amicable agreement. We actually negotiated the commercial terms very quickly. What took so long was carefully documenting uh, all the aspects of the agreement uh, with respect to the various international laws. Now, what was in the new agreement that wasn't in the original agreement between Euromax and Freeport? So it's much better structured with respect to how the payments will occur and thus the taxation to both companies. It is also uh, provides for EMX to receive data and production forecasts. That was not in the original document. The original document was a very scant document that didn't say much, just said, yeah, you guys get a royalty. Um, this is a, a full-fledged document that spells out the deductions that the smelter is allowed to take because in some cases they will own the smelter. So we want to be very careful about that, how that was worded. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a, it's a well-crafted, well-engineered uh, document uh, that clearly defines how payments will be made, what are allowable deductions, what are not allowable deductions, transportation costs, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, uh, we're, we're, we're quite pleased. Um, it was the goal of, of Mr. Xiaocheng at, uh, at Zhenjing and myself to make sure that we crafted a document that would not be argued over again. You know, it's fascinating here is the one of the many virtues of being a shareholder of EMX is that embedded optionality. You just re <laughs> referenced that 3.8 billion yeah. mine expansion. That's going to be no cost, at no cost to shareholders. Is that correct? That's correct. <laughs> uh, isn't that a great example? You know, we talk about optionality all the time. We talk about the fact that the royalty holder doesn't have to pay to do all these things. Uh, that's an example in spades right there. You know, you also referenced, you alluded to the rising demand for copper. Uh, can you just share with us, what is the forecast in the next 20 years for copper? So the mineral economist that we follow most closely is an advisor to EMX. Um, I believe he's quite conservative in his, pro in his uh, projections. 
That is Dr. Richard Chaudet at MinexConsulting.com, Minex.com in Australia. And uh, Dr. Chaudet believes that in a conservative case, uh, the globe will consume as much copper in the forthcoming 22 years as has been produced and consumed throughout all of human history, which is rather phenomenal when you think about it, uh, that the entire copper mining footprint on the planet needs to be doubled in the next 22 years. And that, of course, doesn't end at 22 years. That will continue on. And, and this is driven by a whole host of different uses for copper. If you think about it, copper is either involved in the production or is in the production of practically everything. Now, if you would remind us as well, what is the mine, projected mine life of the Timok and the forecasted revenue for EMX shareholders? So both of those uh, important data points will be provided to us in the data dump that's forthcoming. All right. And just how it's a big number. (laughs) (laughs) Well, based on where you think, based on the genesis of 200,000, absolutely. And just remind us one more time just how much copper is contained in the TMOOC? Well, um, they're talking about a a mineable portion of the lower zone that exceeds 2,200 tons of metal, copper metal. Um, I, I think that that's a quite conservative estimate that would be based upon sort of the first phases of production within the lower zone. As I mentioned, the last resource that was put out by Nevson was approximately 2 billion tons at approximately 1% copper equivalent. Um, So it's a phenomenal endowment. And as is typical of porphyry copper systems, once you get into these things, they're behemoths, as you said, Mm -hmm. and they continue to grow. And part of what Xinjiang recently announced when they said they were going to invest over $3 billion is they were going to be drilling to two kilometers of depth. Um, I would also like to point out that to date, what we know is that the mineralization within the lower zone actually plunges. It's not vertical. It plunges off to the west towards uh, another royalty that we have, which is numerically much higher. And that is a 2% royalty on precious metals, gold and silver, and a 1% royalty on everything else. If that deposit does cross over that line, it's only about 150 meters away now. Uh, if it does cross over that line, that would be a boom for us. Yeah. And we have other royalties within the district, which is distinctly prospective real estate. You know, speaking of that, before we leave Serbia, what are the other favorable prospects on EMX royalty ground in the board district? Well, there's the Brestovac uh, West license. So this, this this discovery that's ongoing or production that's ongoing, the mine that's there, is on the Brestovac East license. We own the Brestovac West license. That was one that we organically generated via our you know, royalty generation model. It's a great example of the integration of buying royalties and generating them organically, uh, putting us in a position where we would see that this fantastic geology existed and we should buy this royalty for a de minimis amount of money and uh, having the integration of the two. And then the Drulon Potok license to the north is also a long strike of the belt. Keep in mind that the Timok Magmatic Complex is Europe's largest historic copper and gold producing region. It's a fantastic piece of geology. Uh, we're delighted to have royalties anywhere there we can. And uh, um, that further license to the north will have the 0.3625 royalty rate, as does the license at Brestovach East, where the current production is, is 0.3625% NSR. And then the royalty on the Brestovach West license is 2% on gold and silver and 1% on all other metals. So it's fantastic royalty. And when you calculate the endowment that porphyry copper systems can have, and they tend to occur in a nested manner, you know, they tend to occur right close to each other, you get into another center or that center continues to grow. 
it could be hugely beneficial to the royalty holder. And as you pointed out, at no cost to us. <laughs> and as you stated in previous interviews, royalties are phenomenal or powerful, I should say, financial instruments. And you've just... Both are true. <laughs> they're, they're powerful and phenomenal. No, it's, it's fantastic financial instrument. There's no doubt about it, right? You're fully exposed to the upside of the project, upside in commodity price, upside in production technology, upside in mine engineering technology. You're fully exposed. You know, it's funny, I, my son, Braden, you, you're aware of him. He's a shareholder, all three of my sons. But we were recently... Uh, covering the uh, the goose that laid the golden eggs and then he thought hey dad isn't that kind of like emx <laughs> and i said well <laughs> i said son yeah, you, i don't know yeah. how you drew that conclusion but you, you're absolutely correct <laughs> all right great <laughs> we're leaving the team book i know that zijing has been going hammer and tongs on the team book but also lundin has been aggressive at taking on a controlling interest on the Cacherones mine in Chile, where Emex has a 0.7775 NSR. Looking forward, what should we expect there? More cash flow. <laughs> yeah. So that mine's uh, uh, pumping out copper, we believe. JX Nippon will astutely advance that. It's likely that they'll incrementally increase production. It's also likely that they'll invest further monies into exploration within a very large footprint of the royalty that we have there. There are other mineralized centers that have not been fully drill tested, and uh, there's certainly potential to expand that reserve at depth. So uh, you know, we, we think that that is another generational copper asset. This one's copper and molybdenum. It's great to be exposed to molybdenum as well, whereas the one in, in Serbia is copper and gold. That's a great suite of metals to have exposure to. And uh, the counterparties in both cases, JX Nippon and Lundin, great counterparties, generational copper assets. These are the foundation for the future of EMX Royalty Corporation. Switching gears, let's look at some numbers. Mr. Cole, please provide the capital structure for EMX Royalty. Well, we have 110 million shares issued and outstanding. And I'm happy to say that Franco Nevada owns a, a chunk of those. Uh, and we're delighted to have them. We continue to work with them on, on other opportunities as we have press release that, that come to us. And um, uh, yeah, we do have $44 million in debt to Sprott at a 7% coupon rate. That is due December of 24. Um, we've got ample cash flow to cover uh, the, the interest payments, of course, um, as well as uh, amortize that debt down over time. And, um, you know, we, we are at the transition point from going from a junior company that's been building a royalty portfolio to a mid-tier company with strong cash flow. And I'm delighted to see that happen. Now, before we close, sir, what would you like to say to shareholders? We covered dividends uh, last time. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, the first thing I think of is a quote from Rick Rule, and that is, uh, do not let these market cycles use you. Use the market cycles to your advantage. And, um, you know, when we're in a position where we've been sold off because of a downturn in the market or we've been sold off because perception of some bad news, perception that the that the team of royalty was not going to come to fruition, for example, those are buying opportunities. And then um, uh, so when other people are selling, it's a good time to load up uh, and stay in for the long haul. I'll point out that, uh, that royalty companies over the long haul have had very solid compounded annual growth rates. Franco Nevada, long-term, 17 18%. Uh, I think we can be in that same league and um, have had a, a solid compounded annual growth rate since the time that we first financed this company. 
over the last 20 years, it's in excess of 15%. Uh, I think that we can um, increase that substantially as the full value of Casarones and Timok, Leeville, Balia, et cetera, within our portfolio of over 150 royalties uh, is fully actuated in the share price. Well, point well taken. I was part of that large volume yesterday afternoon when the press release came out, I believe right around 1 p.m. Eastern. Yeah. <laughs> I was an absolute Smart buyer. <laughs> Smart time yeah. to buy. And, and, and I've said this in the past, and I'm going to stick with it. I fervently believe that the share price for EMX royalty will melt up. This is just a perfect team, in my opinion. I, it's a legacy company. I, will, I don't see myself selling this. This is something I'm going to hand to my children, who are already shareholders, and to their children. <laughs> I'm, right there, I'm right there with you. Thank you, sir. Last question, Thanks, sir. sir. What did I forget to ask? Well, you're pretty good at covering the bases, and I know we'll speak again soon. So um, uh, I, I, I think we're good, Maurice. But if you think of anything else, just let me know. All right, sir. Well, Mr. Cole, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. Wishing you and EMX Royalty the absolute best, sir. Same to you. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor.